Dude, if the earthquake hits, I am so wearing this stuff. People and are going like, to be wearing the craziest stuff anyway, oh, so yeah. it doesn't matter. Exactly, exactly. It's not a fashion show. It's survival, people. Yeah. The zombie apocalypse comes. You have to be prepared. Podcast Junkies, episode 106, season two. This week, we have a conversation with Karen Coppett, host of the Walking Dead cast, with Jason Kabasi. Does that name ring a bell? Of course it does, regular listeners. He was on episode 56. And he and I are working together on the Podcastica Network. More on that in a bit. But if you're new to the show, you're probably wondering what we're going to be talking about today and what this is all about. It's Podcast Junkies, a.k.a. the Podcaster's Voice, conversations with amazing, fantastic, engaging Unbelievable, inspiring podcast hosts. Occasionally, it's someone outside of the podcasting host space, but in the podcasting community that I think will add value. And I have conversations with those folks as well. Did you catch last week's conversation with Ellery Wells? Ellery, that's a mouthful. Ellery Wells. <laughs> uh, he's got... Um, a really good story about having coming having come out of uh, corporate life, um, how he changed that around, how he's worked with Toastmasters to really inspire uh, people who are looking to take that same path that he took and really show them what's the proper path to engage in this um, entrepreneurial game, if you will. So uh, check that out, episode 105 with Ellery Wells. I think you'll enjoy it. So Karen was scheduled to come on this show a long time ago and we just haven't been able to make it work um she and jason have been doing pot uh the walking dead cast for i think it's going on seven years it's a great story and she's really re uh, reserved and i think you don't hear a lot about her because she's not all over the place giving interviews. But uh, I think she was the last member of the Podcastica Network that I have not spoken to. And I'm really happy I did because uh, we dove in a little bit about um, fun things like her zombie preparedness kit, um, the recent free flow episode they did with Jason, um, this idea of, of what, of how uh, Walking Dead, the the whole f family has cr been created as a, as a result of people that listen to the show, that they meet at the at the uh, Walking Walker Stalker cons. I think I got that right, and um, the people that call in and engage, and the people that leave messages in the Facebook group. It's just a whole Walking Dead family, and it's really it was really surprising for her. So we, we talk about that, and. A bunch of other things of, in, in, with regards to her current job, and I think you'll really find it interesting. I hope you get something out of it and uh, engage with us afterwards in the comments. So stay tuned to the end, and we'll talk about our newest sponsor, PodFunnel. I'll also share the retention hashtag, which is how regular listeners can show us their podcast junkies uh, fan badge, <laughs> which means I just uh, engaged all the way to the end of the episode, which is always fun to see those pop up on Twitter every now and then. So get your best zombie growl out and uh, put your hands together for uh, Karen. I'll talk to you soon.
done um, two almost. What is it? About two hundred and thirty. Maybe more. Uh, Walking Dead cast. So, but how, uh, many, how many times has the focus been on you? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's me and Jason. So the focus isn't. Yeah, that's a good question, my friend. No, I'm totally not. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously you're uh, you're a podcast pro. That's obvious. <laughs> no, I'm definitely in the uh, I'm in the podcast minor leagues for sure. Hey, you want to see something neat? I do. Look at that. See that? Yeah. That is my father-in-law. That's a signed uh, shirt from the San Francisco Giants that was given to my father-in-law um, because he was a sports journalist. Oh, very cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. What, uh, when was that signed? So what, what era are those players from? Um, I think Barry Bonds is on oh, that. Oh, okay. So was that 80s, 90s? Yeah, late 80s. Um, is that is that pre steroids, Barry, or is the <laughs> is, is there the, is there a pre steroids, Barry? <laughs> is the signature like uh, like unusually large and like aggressive, or <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Barry Bonds. Uh, <laughs> You're not. Yeah. Oh, like oh, and uh, here, this is also who keeps me company on many of my podcasts. See right there. Do you uh, see her? She she. What's her name? She posy. <laughs> Those eyes are like almost fake. Like she yeah, has, I know. Like she. Uh, so, in case any of this makes it in there for the listener, that's a beautiful. What, what kind of uh, breed of cat is that? She's Burmese. Burmese. And she look at posy. There she is. Yeah, and she's got crazy big eyes. They take she's up got, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. She's got Michael Jackson thriller eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she kind of does. <laughs> That's like the, oh, the the contact lens he had in there. Yeah, exactly. Well done, Posey. So sorry. I hope she doesn't bug us during the podcast. No. Are we are we recording? Yeah, we're always recording. Right <laughs> <laughs> on. That's great. That's great. Uh, yeah. All right. Good. So, so, uh, so you know, if there's anything you don't want to say or admit, no. Seriously, I mean, too late. <laughs> you know how podcasts work. You know, if it's good, yeah. we keep it in. If it's not, we'll edit it out later. So. Yeah, I just started drinking. Look, La- La- I'm gonna bash, mess that up. But Lacroix, Lacroix, uh I call him yeah, Lacroix, Lacroix. I call him Lacroix, and <laughs> <laughs> and we are addicted to these. It's kind of sad. It's they go fast. We just bought like we bought a. We couldn't figure out here whether we wanted grapefruit or lemon, so we bought the twelve pack. A twelve pack of each. Now remember, it's not grapefruit, my friend. It's pomplemousse. pomplemousse. Even though, <laughs> even though the company is like based out of like Wisconsin or something, oh, really? they call it pomplemousse. Yeah, it doesn't say grapefruit. It says pomplemousse. Yeah, but is it originally from France? No, really. Yeah. Oh come on now. That's <laughs> like uh, this is like some false advertising thing going on now. <laughs> completely agree but man these things are addictive and it's not too overpowering because i thought the grapefruit would be like so in your face kind of like the um the fizzy what's no, not the fizzy what's the other one that's um the fruit flavored sparkling water oh there's so many yeah. there's the so tall, the tall slender one yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i can't remember the name of this anyway. anyway yeah those are really grapefruity but mm-hmm. this one was like a hint of grapefruit yeah i'm drinking the coconut and most people think that like coconut uh tastes like feet but this one tastes really good (laughs) 
Okay, can you explain to me uh, what, what friends you have that think coconut tastes like feet? <laughs> well, sometimes coconut water tastes kind of, kind of. Well, I'm sorry if we ever have coconut water as one of our sponsors. They have to delete this. Go back and delete it. Uh, sometimes, you know, coconut water can taste kind of funky, but um, some coconut water is brilliant. But this is coconut uh, flavored sparkling water and it's just delightful it is like being in hawaii have you been there, to hawaii? have you been to hawaii yeah a lot <laughs> yeah i love it because you know we're in california so yeah. it's a hop skip and a jump we went to Kauai uh for new year's eve a ah. uh, couple not last year the one before did you did you love it you did, it's yeah it's amazing oh i was sick actually so on the way oh. there I, was, oh. I had like food we went to um we went to uh new orleans first for christmas because my brother's there and so new orleans you just stuff your face man you just <laughs> literally like eat everything and yes. you just popeye's chicken eh, sure why not sure. like yeah, like you know like jambalaya like everything like, it was crazy you so, gotta try it and then i i got sick i got like food poisoning or something so on the plane there I'm like one. I had a row that had no no passengers, and I was just laid out across across from the bathroom. And thank God for that. But I was just like the first two days was like miserable. Like we actually toasted on New Year's oh. Eve dinner, and I didn't eat. I had like a soup, and, oh, <laughs> and I couldn't even drink my cha- couldn't drink my champagne. Happy freaking New Year! <laughs> and I was like, oh. I, so, I hope it doesn't put you off of eating in New Orleans, though. No, I think you just have to. Well, now I'm vegetarian. So, oh, so, is that new for you? That is new. It's um, I've tried a couple times, but I think this this is this is good for good. Now. How interesting! I've been a vegetarian since I was twenty one. Wow! I came back from my junior year abroad in in Copenhagen, and my I spent a lot of time with my grandmother, who was living at the time and was alive at the time, but she was from and lived in uh, Austria, and so I I ate a lot of meat. And I came back from Europe and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try being a vegetarian for a year, see how it goes. And I tried it and it stuck. It was weird. It was like, it just stuck. And so ever since then, I've been a vegetarian. It's kind of crazy. So a lot of the challenges I think that... Um, I mean, I have friends that are vegetarians, and I and I and I, and I know, you know, I definitely don't want to go the just eat bread, just eat pasta, just eat pizza, like because then eventually it's just like you have these unhealthy vegetarians, <laughs> right? Like, oh, but because you can eat really shitty food. And be yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, you can. Exactly, <laughs> you can eat shitty food with you know any diet out there. Basically, a meat eater, yeah, yeah. omnivore, uh, pescatarian, you can yeah. still eat crappy food. You have to be careful no matter what, but. Um, um, especially when you're a vegetarian, because oftentimes you go out to eat and there's so few options. And oh, hey, pasta Alfredo—that's your, you know, that's your option at some restaurants. That's your, go- your go-to, right? Your go-to, yeah. But but um, yeah, I've managed to I've managed to make it stick. So how's it going so far? You feel it's, okay? Yeah, we feel good. And uh, my wife kind of jumped on the bandwagon a couple of weeks later because it just made sense and. First, makes shopping easier, and you don't have to worry about like yes, you know, like one one. Oh, well, that, she she's done it for a couple of weeks, and she's like, you know, you know, body types are different, and and she has to actually plan like her meals because she takes it to work, and I work from home, so it's easier because I can just kind of make something here. But she she has to start adding. She started decided to start adding proteins back in. So just fish and chicken for now, uh-huh. but, uh, and just but the majority is is veggies. But it's a matter of like what you bring into the house and where you go. 
you know, don't tr- don't go to like a churrascaria if you <laughs> <laughs> if you're trying to be vegetarian. Yeah. It's like probably not going to work. Yeah, I had my hardest, my biggest challenges in Spain. Uh, oh. Actually, it was really hard being in Spain, and they look at me like I'm nuts. Like, really? I mean, it was a couple years ago, so maybe now it's a little bit better, but it was very challenging. And, and, you know, I missed it, actually. I missed eating meat when I was there because, oh, there's some countries where they do it right. Spain is is definitely one. We went uh, probably about three, three, four years ago, and it was pure, pure like jamón serrano, like eat, yeah, yeah, like they had the um, montaditos, which is like the little, the little like bruschetta, but like a bunch of different stuff on it. And and yes, please. And then we went to Italy and as well, and Italy, Uh they had like these tapas type things and mini mini paninis they were making, and it was just like so crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's hard, man. Especially if you're like me and you don't eat fish. In yeah. Venice, it's all like the chiquetis that have all kinds of seafood, yum. And in Spain, we went to San Sebastian, which is on yeah. the, the coast there. And seafood's their thing. And whew, it was rough. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what do you think has kept you so like stuck on the path all these years? It's really funny. My mom says that I was born a vegetarian. She says now she knows I was born a vegetarian because she said that that when I was little, and I kind of remember doing this, she said like even at Thanksgiving, I would name the turkeys. Oh. <laughs> and I used to like, I kind of was, I've always been a little bit uh, weirded out by meat and I'm a, I'm a giant um, animal lover. Yeah. And so I, I always had a hard time resolving loving animals. I wanted to, I wanted to be a vet for a long, long time, and um, loving animals and and then eating animals. It was always hard for me to get you know marry those two things together. So I finally decided, you know, I'm going to stop trying to justify it in my head. I'm just going to go ahead and become a vegetarian. Yeah. So yeah, just super easy. And sometimes I think you just habits get stuck. And this is just, unless I made a really concerted effort at this point, it, the habit just has, you know, just stuck. It's who I am now. Yeah, it becomes a way of life, right? Like, like everything you do, you, you already, you already, you don't have to make the decision anymore. You've already made the decision. So it's, it's kind of yep. easier. Like, you don't, and you're not going to get influenced by friends and it's like, what are you doing? Like, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. My husband knew what he was marrying when he, <laughs> he's not a vegetarian. He's not. Oh, that's challenging. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's okay, actually. Yeah. I'm one of these vegetarians that doesn't mind like making meat and cooking meat and uh, barbecues. Yeah, yeah, he loves barbecuing too. We have a lot of like barbecue people in our neighborhood, and so he he gets it. <laughs> so, okay. um, sounds like you've done a lot of traveling. Yeah, 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 that's um, yeah, super. I mean, once you, and that's another thing, you know, once you start and you realize how big the world is and how interesting the world is and how many wonderful people are out there, you just can't stop. So we're planning trips coming up. Oh yeah, excited. What's, oh yeah. What's, what's coming up next? Well. Couple short ones. So we've got Lake Tahoe, which okay. is beautiful in California. We've got um, uh, going to LA with Jason, yeah. actually, from the Walking Dead cast, my co host. Shout out and to Jason. Shout out to Jason. Hi, Jason. I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but oh, we're going to go down. <laughs> we're going to go down there and we're going to listen to um, Michael Giacchino. Um, he's doing this uh, concert down there, which should be wonderful. I can't wait for that. It's in September. 
And we're also that same day going to Universal Studios to see the oh. Walking Dead uh, exhibit that they just opened up. Really? So should, mm-hmm. When did that yeah. open up? Just opened up a couple months ago. And um, so we're going to check it out. We'll be reporting back on the podcast. Oh, that's <laughs> great. Well, give me a shout out when you guys are down here. So, Heck yeah. Oh, <laughs> see, are you in LA? I'm in LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not realize that you're based in LA. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What well, part of LA? Uh, it's, it's called Silver Lake. Oh, of course, yeah. of course, of course, of course. It's it's otherwise uh, for those people not familiar with Los Angeles, it, and you're familiar with Williamsburg in in Brooklyn, New York. They call Silver Lake the Williamsburg of LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a cool neighborhood, actually. Yeah. My wife uh, googled most walkable neighborhood in Los Angeles before we moved here from New York like two two plus years ago. And and that came up, that neighborhood. <gasps> That's fantastic. That's a really good neighborhood. We um my cousin lives in Pasadena. That's also a wonderful walkable area too. Yeah. And I think um we lived in the city for a long time and so we like the idea of being able to walk to the bar, walk to the restaurant, yeah. and then come back and then have a couple of drinks. You don't have to get in the car, walk home. Like it's all it's amazing. I don't know why anyone does it any other way. My husband and I are just like that too. And we're in, we're about, about two or three blocks away from great bars and great restaurants. And that's the whole thing. We're like, oh, let's just walk there. So much easier. Yeah, it's great. So you mentioned you were in, uh, you, were, you went to see your grandma in Austria? Yeah. Is your family from there? Uh, part of the family is from Austria, from Linz, Austria. Yeah. Okay. And part of the family is from Russia. And, um, they all came to the East Coast, and my parents met on the East Coast and moved out to California. So I'm one of these kids that have like all kinds of relatives on the East Coast, and there's just nobody out here in California except oh, my really? cousin who's in LA. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of lonely. Where on the East Coast? Uh, we have my my cousin Tom. I think I can let this cat out of the bag. Uh, my cousin Tom is kind of a badass. He is the uh, cultural affairs commissioner of New York City. Oh, wow. So yeah, yeah. He's with the de Blasio uh, administration, got appointed. So he's a badass. And um, so hi, Tom. Uh, so what, what is what's the job titles? What is what is the cultural affairs, affairs commissioner? Commissioner do? Yeah. So he handles the the arts budget for New York City, oh, which wow. is great. Yeah. So he sets, you know, budgets for museums and and all the cultural Things that go on in New York City. One of the cultural capitals of the world. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And and this is kind of funny. We went with him to a Mets game uh, in July, which was awesome. So we saw the Mets in July and the Mets were doing great. And then afterwards, uh, he said... He said to me and David, hey, do you guys want to go to the Queen's Museum next door? Um, we were there with the Queen's Museum exec, too. And, and she said, yeah, I've got a key. So <laughs> what's, the, what's, what's, what's in the and Queen's it was Museum? Like 10 o'clock at night. Um, oh, it's a it's a fabulous museum. They have a um, they have there. And this is the thing that we really wanted to see. They have a model. It's a from the 1964 World's Fair. It's a scale model of new york city and all the five boroughs and it used to be it was a ride in the the world's fair they had these little um like these little gondolas that would sort of take you um suspended from the ceiling that would take you around this giant i mean it's huge this huge model of new york city and um and it's 
So cool looking. So you walk, you can, there's a walkway now, an elevated walkway all around this model and you can check it out. So it was like 10 o'clock at night. The the guard was like, oh, hey. Uh, and they flipped on the lights for us and we got to see this model. And the, the thing that blew our minds, or at least it blew my mind more than anything else, they had a scale model of the Queen's Museum. So it's this little itty bitty, I mean, they look like Monopoly pieces, this little itty bitty Queen's Museum. And apparently inside the Queen's Museum, you can't, you you can't even see it with the naked eye, you need a microscope, is a tiny, tiny little model (laughs) that you're looking at. So uh, it's like a world within a world that's right there on the model. It's so badass (laughs) and so cool. So that was great. So we got to see that. Very cool. So, uh, it sounds like he's got uh, carte blanche to see some of the some <laughs> some of the coolest shit in New York City, right? It's pretty awesome. Yeah, he uh, he's the one of the. I think he's the guy who's behind also the the New York City ID. Have you heard about oh, this? Yeah, yeah, I just saw. I was there uh, two uh, for a couple of weeks last week, and uh, I saw the commercial for it, and I was like, I don't know what you would have a, a use for that for, or it's just like people thinking about population control or something i'm sure but i'm like where where would you use that that you well, would need a something lot of, like that a lot of people who live in new york city aren't you know naturalized citizens and don't have any identification you need identification in that town and so you can apply for your new york city identification all you need to do i think it's all is all it is is proof of address and you get this really cool card and um and it's good also for um, uh, almost all of the um, museums and exhibits uh, for like a year of free admission. Yeah. And so why wouldn't you get it? It doesn't cost anything at all. And something like at least last month, by last month, 800,000 people had applied for and gotten their New York City identification. Is that cool? Well, that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think very... when they t- when they tie it into like a benefit, like getting access to a year's at the museum or something like that, I'm, of course, that's going to be incentive for to get people to sign up. That's awesome. Isn't that great? Yes, yeah, so that's what he does. So, yeah, he's badass. Tom. Did, did you grow up with him? Did you guys re- did you hang out when you were little or? No, unfortunately. I mean, I knew him and I'd see him occasionally, but I'm a, I'm a West Coast girl. And, yeah. you know, that's like the East Coast family is there in Pittsburgh. We have family in Pittsburgh, Maryland and uh, New York. So mm, and, and Massachusetts. So then after uh, explaining all the cool things that Cousin Tom does, after you go down the rest of the family tree, (laughs) everyone's going to be like, well, they're not as cool as Tom. (laughs) (laughs) They're all great in their own way, but Tom has an especially awesome job right now. It's just great. Did you get to spend um, any time in, in New York for an extended period of time? Yeah, we did. We were in New York City and then we went upstate and uh, we're in Lake. George. Oh yeah, like, like George. I used to go there when I was little. It's beautiful. It's really nice. Oh, it was so fantastic. We had such a good time there. Oh my god. It's wonderful. And and we played miniature golf uh with our family at one of the um declared by the travel channel one of the top 10 miniature golf courses in the world. Uh, well, I think there's only one in Lake George, isn't there? No, there's like you, you, uh, yeah. you can't shake a stick in it without hitting a uh, a windmill a golf course. Yeah, and oh, and by the way, uh, ice cream shop. So the oh, yeah. old ice cream shop is everywhere, and, uh, and saltwater yeah. salt taffy too, maybe. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. It's so great. Stephen and I love that the Americana stuff just is like, we love it. The, the cheesier, the better. Yeah. Isn't there's a show that just, is it, is it a travel channel show that just, just does Americana stuff? Yeah. 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 I'm sure yeah. there is. And if there isn't, there should be. And I'll host it. <laughs> fine hosting. Have you uh, driven across the country? No, uh, took the train with my dad when I was a freshman in college in Massachusetts. We took the train back across the country, but that's a tease because you can't get off a train whenever you want to. So how was, how how was college in Massachusetts? It was great. I was in Amherst and it was wonderful. I was this dumb California kid. I brought the heaviest shoes that I brought were kids. Oh my God. I was like, Hey, I, I didn't even have like a proper jacket and I quickly learned that winters in Massachusetts Brutal. are not like winters in California. Yeah. Lesson number one. So that that was your first winter? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. And and uh got there and pretty much shortly thereafter Hurricane Gloria hit. Oh man. Yeah. I can't remember. Maybe that was my sophomore year. But yeah, uh and I was like, Hurricane? What? <laughs> We have earthquakes. Hurricanes have- and sn- I have yet to experience an earthquake here. What? What's going on? I think I want my money back. Like what? I was like, er- California no. earthquakes. Like it's been two plus years. Nothing. Brother, I'm, I'm going to knock on wood because I'm probably jinxing myself here. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get one as we speak. First podcast junkies uh, earthquake. Oh, that would be so <laughs> great. I would love to actually see your face. It'd be neat to have it recorded so we could get your expression. <laughs> Because it's such a primal feeling when an earthquake, when when the whole world starts shaking, it's a strange primal feeling and it triggers something like your animal instincts to it. It's, it's like nothing else. And it, it is freaky and unpleasant. And I hope you will never experience an earthquake, my friend. Is uh, so how, how many been, how many you been through? Well, the big one that I was I was a student at UC Santa Cruz, um, finishing up my degree. Uh, I was in class, and the big uh, Loma Prieta earthquake hit in 1989. Is it 1989? Yeah, 1989. Was that, the, was that the one with the uh, the World Series and the power went out? Uh huh. Yeah. David. David was at the World Series, in oh, fact. Oh, wow. Yeah, Giants versus the A's, the Battle yeah. of the Bay. And uh, yeah, you're right. Every The Bay Bridge collapsed. Yeah. The, 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 um, yeah, it was not a happy time for the Bay Area. Everything. And, and in Santa Cruz, it um, where it was sort of close to where it was located, the epicenter, um, it was crazy. I walked home through downtown Santa Cruz, which was devastated, and it felt like a war zone. All these alarms were going off, and uh, I basically ran the rest of the way home to my housemate because I thought our house might have been leveled. Um, chimneys had collapsed all oh, over, so brick all on the streets, and um, the people were freaking out. I got back home to to my housemate, Emily, uh, who's still one of my best friends in the world, and I was like, Emily! And our house was trash. And we did the exact wrong thing. Uh, we we uh we partied with our neighbors. Uh we we uh drank like, like uh, end, end of the world or something. <laughs> martinis to calm our nerves and barbecued that night. It was actually really, really fun. What do they tell you uh, why you said you we you did what you weren't supposed to do? What do they tell you to oh. do? 
Well, you're probably not supposed to drink vodka and eat everything in sight as comfort food, but that is exactly what we did. (laughs) You're like, it'll be open on Monday. Everything will be back to normal. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was crazy. So I hope that that does not happen. You know, we just did a podcast. I have to tell you on the walking dead cast. We just did a podcast where we interviewed a guy who was um, with this company called first my family and they do, they do emergency kits Yeah, and he does actually stuff with AMC and he does branding with like the, the walking dead, uh, which is pretty cool. And uh, he was talking about, you know, hope you have your emergency kits in place. And ever since then, I've been like, okay, let me think about my emergency kit. Make sure it's all taken care of. You were talking about your garbage cans. Yeah. Oh, you listened to it. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. So, and he so, told- for, so for the listener, tell us what your what your uh, prep kit looks like. <laughs> yeah, I've got. Uh, you know, it's comprised of you know uh, equal parts human food and cat food because you know how to have to make sure that the cat's taken care of, uh, and have these I have these trash cans outside that are all nice and. Um, and sort of out of the way, I feel like nobody's ever going to raid. No, no, no thief is ever going to come and like raid a trash can. Yeah. So I can keep anything in there. So I've got all my all my stuff in there. I don't have anything to barter. He said, have something to barter. And I'm like, what do we have to barter? We have nothing to barter. What, what, what are some, some of the tips he gave? He said, well, have something to barter. And I told David and David's like, well, we have bottles of wine. So I, <laughs> I suppose we can bust into the wine collection and like barter that. Well, you could actually go to Trader Joe's and buy the two buck chuck and just have like a case of that. Right. Exactly. We will gladly swap you a bottle of two buck chuck for a case of Cliff Bars, sir, is what I'll be telling people, my neighbors. I'm, there's people dying to get wasted during the zombie apocalypse, right? <laughs> Yes, they are. And they shouldn't, but they do. Uh, so do you have a prep kit? I do not. We don't even have like the, the, the earthquake kit. Like it's just like uh, you're supposed to have like your sneakers and a flashlight like by the bed. And I oh, think Harry. The, so this is pretty. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That's bad. Dude. <laughs> do you have a uh, what do you have earthquake kit wise? I have my sneakers by the bed. Yeah. I have socks. I have sneakers. I put socks and sneakers by David's side of the bed too. Really? And um, I mean, we are we are ready. Um, yeah, I even have like a kit in my car. I have a kit at work. So I'm what's, serious, what's, what's in the car kit? The car kit's a change of clothes, uh, which is really fun. We looked through it the other day, and David's like, "You're not actually going to wear that, are you?" And I'm like. <laughs> Dude, if the earthquake hits, I am so wearing this stuff. People and are going like, to be wearing the craziest stuff anyway, oh, so yeah. it doesn't matter. Exactly, exactly. It's not a fashion show. It's survival, people. Yeah. The zombie apocalypse comes. You have to be prepared. Although everyone on Walking Dead looks like they are in some like uh, distressed, you know, uh, maybe Abercrombie and Fitch commercial or something like that. Well, <laughs> it's funny you should say that. Uh, I was looking on some website the other day, and they mentioned the fact they called out. Uh, we've we've interviewed Yulin Womble, who's the the wardrobe person, and and we love her because she has the she has the sweet uh, South African accent, oh, yeah. but also she's wonderful, and and. Uh, she got called, not her, but the the wardrobe on The Walking Dead got called out because all the women, not all the women, but a lot of women wear really, really long skirts and long maxi dresses. And it seems like every woman is Amish <laughs> somehow. Like they, they just dress in these really Amish looking clothes for the, for, you know, the zombies all do. Yeah. 
Although oh, that's right. yeah, that's all so the funny. survivors are wearing really, really, really tight clothes. You feel like, okay, at this point, you know, you're, you're losing weight. You, you've got to be, your clothes have to be a little loose at this point, but all the, everybody on that show has really, really tight stuff going on. But anyway, the zombies are all looking Amish. So, <laughs> I never I, even thought of that. I, I mean, most people don't pay that much attention to what the zombies are wearing, but I think I guess you know there's, there's keen keen observers of the show who pick up on those things. Well, Jason and I were both zombies. Yeah, that's right. And, and they dressed me in uh, tights, blood splatter tights, and a long, long skirt. Uh, See, there you go, oh, long skirt again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, and a shirt with. Well, I think originally they had me put this crazy looking vest over the shirt. I'm like, I would never wear this. Are you kidding me, people? Uh, but Eulen Womble looked at it and she's like, no, we're going to go with something different. So I got to wear something different. You should, but... have, been, you should have been able to wear something from your uh, earthquake preparedness kit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That would have made so much sense, man. Actually, the shirt that, I, that we pulled out that David was like, you're not going to wear that, are you? Is a shirt that I bought in Israel that's um, the um, San Francisco Giants um, logo in, and it says San Francisco Giants in um, Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool, right? And he's like, really, that one, Karen? And I'm like, that's what's in my kit in the car pal oh, you don't man. you don't want to know the shirt that i picked out for you sir yeah that you won't get to see until it's actually time to wear it <laughs> he'll be grateful so um for, for the listener like trying to piece together like okay she's vegetarian she likes uh-huh. to travel you know uh california earthquakes uh spent some time in amherst and she's a lover of zombies yes <laughs> yeah that flows <laughs> I don't, what's the problem here? <laughs> yeah, you can, you can. So, so where's like where's the like the where's the tie-in? The interest, like where did it start? Was it like just a movie, or just just something gradual over time? You know, it started. It started with it has to start. It all goes back to Jason, doesn't it? Always. And Jason and I have been friends for a long time. We dated briefly. Scandalous. And, <laughs> hey, we, we revealed that cat. Cat was out of the bag a long time ago, um, and we dated, but we stayed friends because although although we might have been, I don't know, we probably would have killed each other had <laughs> we stayed together. But we absolutely love each other, and he's like the he's the greatest guy. He, I mean, I I just love hanging out with. Him. He's so fun to talk to. Oh yeah. And, and he loves he loves talking to me and and so we've just stayed really really good friends and and I love his wife Jenny and he loves my husband David and it's all it's all good so anyway about seven years ago I think he said he said and we started we started listening to podcasts we love podcasts I still listen to so many it's crazy and uh, and new ones all the time too and so he he and I lo- um, watched Lost. Uh, together and we were, got addicted to this lost podcast yeah. and we started talking about podcasts in general and he said you know what we should totally do a podcast and i'm like yeah, i'm in and he said there's a there's a show coming up uh on amc called the walking dead and he knows that i love the zombie genre we saw we see zombie movies together and he knows that i'm a huge fan so he said do you want to you know read a couple of these comics and see and he started me off on the first however many comics and so i started reading them i'm like this is great and he said the show's gonna start in a couple months let's start a podcast and he was working um at apple at the time 
And so I'm like, all right, let's do it, man. And um, so he had the technology and the love of, oh, yeah. of The Walking Dead. And and we started it off. And uh, however many years later, we're still going strong. I mean, that's really how it started. Just we love to talk to each other. And just like, you know, now talking to you, Harry, it just seems like it's you and me talking because it is just you and me talking right now. I mean, eventually our conversation is going to be shared with your listeners. Worldwide. Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least as far as my mom in Santa Clara. Yeah. I'm sure she'll listen to it. Anyway. Uh, so, I mean, it's really funny if you like talking to the person that you're, you're talking to, it seems easy and fun and great. And, and, and Jason and I have been going ever since. Yeah, I think a, a lot of people underestimate the importance of chemistry, especially when you're you have a co-host for your podcast. And the, I think the fact that you've been able to go so long and have the show be so popular, uh, maybe in the beginning you thought, well, you know, people are just fans of the show, so maybe they're listening yeah. and they just want to eat up everything Walking Dead. But I think based on the feedback you get, you guys, you know, through the Facebook comments, through the emails, through the uh, the phone calls, the recordings the fans make, I mean they love you guys it's really nice and we love them it that's the most surprising thing i never thought anyone would listen to it i really didn't i just thought it was me and jason talking into a void i never thought we'd get any listeners and all and the fact that we got people who like to interact with us and and like to you know that's it's everything it's the reason why we're still doing this you know because it takes some time and effort to to create a podcast, especially time and effort on Jason's part. Me, for me, it's yeah, a lot of yakety yak, and then, and then he does the editing and all that. But the the payoff is when is when listeners write in and say, "You helped, you know, get me through my kid had colic, and oh, wow. I listened." You know, I, I was up many nights with my colicky baby and I would listen to your podcast as I was rocking my colicky baby, that kind of thing. And what a privilege and what a what a cool thing to be part of somebody's life like that. And then we've been able to meet our listeners, too, which is great and become friends with them. And, and through Podcastica, we've got a whole little network now. And the community is the the reason, really. Was of all the things you just mentioned, was there one, you know, some one thing that really caught you by surprise in terms of the effect it had on you or or the effect that you had on other people? Yeah. One listener in particular told us that she was um having a really hard time. Um she was detoxing and she was going through uh coming off of some heavy stuff and she said that she just went back and listened to podcasts of ours and it helped her because it felt she felt like, you know, we were friends with her through this whole process wow. and blew my mind. I, I had a hard time conveying exactly how much that meant to me, but it meant a lot to me when I, a long time ago, um, gosh, it must be about nine years ago. I went to France for a couple of months and I got kind of homesick and I took podcast with me because, um, 
it, the the connection in this little village I was staying in was terrible. So I saved up a bunch of podcasts on my old school uh, iPod yeah. at the time. And um, I had hours and hours and hours and I would sort of um, squirrel them away. And every time I go out running, I'd listen to a new Fresh Air with Terry Gross. Yeah. And it felt like... It felt like I had friends and it helped get me through the loneliness of being in another country. And so I totally get that. I totally get how people develop friendships with their podcasts. I I love podcasts. I'm hooked. <laughs> so, I mean, they're, they're such a big part of my life. So I get it when people say that we're part of their life, too. I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally get that. Then you're on the right show, Podcast Junkies. And I'm on the right show. <laughs> Do you listen to pod? I mean, oh obviously. yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, you know, it's funny because once once you have your own show, and I help produce shows for clients too now, so I I have less and less time to listen. I mean, I used to devour them completely, yes. and so for some of them, I listen at two x speed because they're they're information. They're they're not. Wow. Um, I'm not trying to like like learn rocket science. I just yeah. I want to be entertained, yes. and you can get used to the voice over time, and it's like, oh, good, I can blast through this and. The, an hour show in like 30 minutes? Yeah, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> wow. Especially comedy show, you know, comedy podcast. They're not saying anything that's really like that important. And they, <laughs> the technology doesn't change the pitch. It's interesting because it's faster, but it's not high oh. pitch. It's not, it's not like Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> it's faster, but they're just talking faster and they're keeping the same pitch. Like I just did right there. So yes, it's pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah, you got to try. Oh yeah, I'm totally doing that. Thank you for that handy <laughs> tip, Harry. That podcast tip was brought to you by. <laughs> so it's funny because you were mentioning how you're always in this um, sponsorship mode now when you're looking at, when you're looking at products and you're like, oh, like, yes. I got to put some hand cleaner on. Oh, Purell. Wouldn't it be great if Purell was a sponsor of the show? <laughs> Gee, Harry, I don't know what you're talking about, Lacroix. Lacroix, so delicious. Every tasty <sighs> drop that I drink helps my podcast. <laughs> but it's funny because i'll you know we, uh, and it's funny because i'll send them the clip if you give me the marketing contact i'll I'll figure out what the timestamp is for this portion i'll be like see podcast see? work <laughs> well i heard I, I listened to um song exploder with uh hershey uh -huh. cashierway which is a fan i don't know if you ever heard it but it's he breaks apart music uh popular tracks and then like by the stem so like here's the drum here's the kick and he talks to the artist who made it okay this is what we were thinking we made the like the, the kick drum or something like this and he's interviewed you like he has had you two on there bjork he's now got all the like great artists on there and so it was just like uh i was listening to that podcast and he had lagunitas beer as a sponsor and i was like i love lagunitas <laughs> so, by, by your by, by your arms in the air maybe you love it as well so. i do too oh, <laughs> but what was interesting as a podcast consumer i was walking home that day and i was like i'm gonna go buy a six pack of beer and i walked into the store and i was like well i just heard a lagunitas commercial so i'm gonna grab some lagunitas and the thing is they can't measure that like they don't mm -hmm. know they'll never know that like yeah. that actually happened because you can't prove that but I'm like, shit, that worked. It literally like brand. So that's brand awareness, right? So that's fantastic. You know what, though? I got to tell you, most of our sponsors we have um, are online and you go in, you type blah, 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 slash deadcast yeah. for your 10% discount and that they can track. And it must be working because podcast 
advertising is now everywhere. Yeah. Podcasts are really having a moment. And people are used to hearing it. It's not strange anymore to hear, to have yeah. to hear it at the beginning, and and even uh, the way you guys are doing it, uh, you guys do it is really funny. Because I mean, even like with Harry's razors, and it's like, you know, Jason's like, well, yeah, I was shaving, and and then like you know, and then you could be like, yeah, yeah, and I was shaving my legs, and you know, and I tried it with another razor, but for some reason, Harry's works better. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I got really into detail. My husband, he just is like, "Really, Karen? Really?" The other day, I was telling him, "I'm not going to talk about my colonoscopy. I'm not going to do it." And he's like, "Yeah, you are, Karen. You're going to talk about your colonoscopy." I'm like, "No, I'm not. I'm not going to do it." And what did I do that that morning? I talked to Jason. I'm like, "Guess what I did yesterday? I had a colonoscopy." <laughs> now I want to see you tie that into a sponsor. Wow. Uh, this this podcast brought to you by Kaiser Permanente. Kaiser Permanente. KP.org. Yeah. <laughs> totally. We can <laughs> we'll cut that. We'll, we'll send that snippet as well. <laughs> you never know, man. This you know you, you have to educate the the brands, right? Because they yeah. have no idea that something you know, we say it we're like half joking, but we know that as a listener, like if we're joking around something and, and before you know it. You just had a thirty-second ad read delivered to you, and right. it's and it's kind of like implanted in your brain, and yep. then you're just like, oh, that, because you associate the laughing, the good times uh-huh. with like you know Harry's razors, for example. It's like, oh, what is this Harry's razors that they're always talking about? They they seem to have a good time when they're using their Harry's razor. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah, smart. But are you? Because in the beginning, um, did you guys have sponsors from the start, or no? no, no. Uh, we didn't. We we got our sponsor. I think, yeah, I think our first sponsor didn't come until maybe a year or two into the podcast, and that's and that's all. That's all, Jason, and um, he does. It's kind of amazing. He he just asks, and Imagine often that. often time, yeah, isn't that funny? Oftentimes people don't get that if you if you just take a moment to ask, all kinds of things open up in the world. And people are, are so like, oh, that'll never ha- I, I would never get that. No way. Try. Try. What do you got to lose, man? So that's how we got interviews yeah. with cast members. That's how that's how we get sponsors. You know, we just we just asked and <laughs> to be more precise jason asks (laughs) (laughs) yeah jason asks, and then you're just like oh that's cool are we doing that read now exactly so talk about talk about the uh, um exposure and the accessibility to the cast members which has come as a result of a podcast it's pretty special yeah that's really really special when we hmm, when we first started talking to the cast members it was a surreal experience. All of a sudden, I'm talking to Glenn from The Walking Dead. And it's just beautiful, lovely, sweet Stephen Yun. And he's really nice. And I'm talking to him. And he's Glenn. And it's strange. And it's surreal and wonderful and, and fabulous. We've talked to him a couple times now. And the first time I got to meet Stephen Yun at a Walker Stalker Con, and we interviewed him. Uh, backstage, we introduced ourselves. Hi, I'm Jason. Hi, I'm Karen. And and he said, oh, you're Jason and Karen. I wondered what you look like. And immediately I was like, oh my God, Stephen Yun imagined what I'd look like. Oh my God. It was so great. So it's 
wonderful to be able to talk to everybody, to talk to Andrew Lincoln, who plays Rick, in his British accent. After a while, I just sort of sat there dreamily with (laughs) hearts in my in my eyes. Uh, And and I just wanted to just 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 keep talking, Andrew Lincoln, just keep keep, you know, that beautiful British little just keep going. I don't care what you say. Just read me, read me your grocery list. That's fine. Read me, your, read me, read this Harry's cop, Harry's razor copy. Exactly, exactly. So that's kind of fun. We've also we've had almost every cast member give us a zombie sound, which oh, is kind nice. of nice. Yeah, yeah. And the um, one of the best ones was um, Robert Kirkman, the creator of the show and the writer of the comic, and uh, his his zombie sound sounds like this. Yeehaw! <laughs> That's the zombie sound. Yeah. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but yeah, <laughs> maybe. In, well, I guess when the zombie apoc- when the zombie apocalypse hits, like Montana, right? <laughs> that's a, that's, you're right. That's cowboy zombie. <laughs> Cowboys uh, and zombies. Yeah, girl. Yeah. So, kind of a so the uh, explain the um, the zombie sounds for for those listeners who might not know. Yeah, so we've have this whole collection now, and um, uh, uh, Jason one year stitched them all together. So we and he has a whole he has all the sounds on his keyboard too, which is really fun. So for for some of the cast members, we can hit uh, a keyboard key, and uh, we'll pop um, uh, Lauren Cohen's. Uh, zombie sound or Steven Yun's zombie sound and it's just adorable and some of them are, are hilarious and some of them and they're all very very cute we also have our listeners when they call in yeah. we make them a zombie sound which is great it never fails to make us smile each and every single stinking time it makes me so happy and it always makes me just you know we love it we think it's so funny sometimes they sound like people are just yawning <laughs> which is great and sometimes it sounds like they're in pain yeah. <laughs> it's awesome well they well, I mean, the fact that they're calling just in the, it takes their like fandom to another level and then the fact that they want to record these um it just you 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 and jason now are actually part of like their lives and and and, I, and in some way the way that they see like the sometimes the, the cast members on the show like oh my god it would be so nice to like meet them you know the fact that they maybe can't do that they can kind of live vicariously through you guys now because you guys in, in in some way for people that have been listening to the show for seven plus years are you know s- semi-famous <laughs> try try telling that it's really funny uh it's really funny because you know uh, we are we know we know exactly how famous we are which is not very uh but it's funny i am a water conservation specialist by trade and that's my my degrees are in that and i go to work and i work really because we've had this drought in california so that's my that's my profession so um i feel like i have this weird sort of dual existence people at work some of them no, because I share everything and I'm, bah, 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 bah. but other ones are like, are like, what? A podcast? What? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's a podcast about the walking dead. And they're like, no, you're just a, you know, you're just a water conservation person. And I have to explain, no, it's, it's a, real. it's a gig I have. Um, other people at work, it's really fun. Um, uh, have come to like Walker Stalker Con San Francisco. That really? was neat. 
Yeah, it was very cool. And, um, and, and, you know, sometimes my family bothers to ask me about it, but oftentimes it's this really weird kind of like the stealth, um, uh, persona that I get to play around with and, and, you know, talk to Jason and be part of the community. It's really great. I love it. It's funny. Cause I can relate to that a bit. Cause I, I grew up as a, uh, DJing. So I DJed like, I, oh. I don't know. You could probably see them, but I still have the, the vinyl turntable, the turntables and the vinyl. Yeah. And so I would DJ and then I, I lived in the city for a while. So I would DJ like a, a funk night and I would just be like DJing vinyl records and I would do it like a Friday night, Saturday night. That's awesome. But I, at the time I was working like my nine to five was in a bank. I used to work for Chase, you know, and, yeah. and I used to work in a branch. And so I would tell people in the bank, I was like, oh, I'm a DJ. They're like, you're a DJ. <laughs> and then I would tell people that I'm, D- I'm DJ. I'm like, yeah, I work in a bank. You work in a bank? <laughs> so, <laughs> Right. So it's funny, like the two worlds colliding. Like, well, they one they they couldn't picture me as doing the other thing. It was so funny. Exactly, exactly. Do you still DJ? Yeah, I mean, I I actually just uh, just here at home. Sometimes I play around with the uh, <laughs> records and stuff like that. Yeah, I just I was DJing this past weekend. I was like, yeah, I just play around and have a couple glasses of wine and that's and awesome. Out. Yeah, that's really cool. Oh, does uh does LA have a pretty good music scene? They do. Yeah, we're still into electronic music big time. We go to music festivals. We go. To, we've been to Coachella a couple times. We actually go to Detroit of all places. It's like the birthplace of like techno music, and so yeah. We, I love Detroit. <laughs> Detroit's a lot. Of, we've been nine years straight. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, very cool. Oh, they must have a great music scene. Also, birthplace, of course, of Motown. Yeah. And but the and, city, the city's in rough shape, though. I mean, it's. I, I think it's. I think maybe now it's on the upswing, but uh, it's like dilapidated buildings. It's like almost course. like a war zone out there. It's crazy. It is, no doubt. I will not argue with you at all. But but the buildings are gorgeous, and I have heard so many great things about like people who are fleeing from New York City, yeah. priced out. You know, artists who are priced out are moving to Detroit. And and there's a whole cool scene going on in Detroit, and Detroit will rise again. Mark my words. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing place. I love well, that there was, place. There was a time, I think, you know, there was, a, was probably a small window when like the the cars were coming out, and it was their their heyday, and and it was internationally known as like a major city in the United States. Like Detroit was like. Maybe I mean on par with New York, and you know, depending on on the time. But it was just like everyone in the world knew like what where Detroit was. Right, right. And, and now exactly. they and now they know for a different reason. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Detroit. Yeah. Take, taking it on the chin. You'll no, but, rise again, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit will rise again. So, uh, <laughs> um, where where else? What were you doing when you went to Detroit? Oh, friends. Uh, One of my good friends, Mark. Hey, Mark, if you listen to this. Uh, Yeah, I was just uh, visiting Mark and and he knows I love architecture. So we did a whole architecture tour of Detroit, went to the the, um, Detroit Institute of Art. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So great. Yeah. I want to go back. I really, really want to go back. Um, I'd love to see the, you know... I've been to a lot of the towns in the United or a lot of the big cities in the United States, but I want to, I, I keep thinking, you know, someday David and I are going to be, have the freedom from work to be able to travel as much as we want to and really scratch that itch because 
man, there's so many cool places in the world. There's so many cool places in our country I'd love to see. And and lately I've been jonesing for Yellowstone, for instance. Mm. Never never been. Mm. I always wanted to go. So our national parks. Yeah. Uh, we have a giant map in our laundry room of the United States national parks. And I want to be able to stick the stupid pins in every single one of our national parks and tick those boxes. That's a lot. How many are there in total? There's a lot, my friend. I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're, they're all over the place. And by golly, I'm going to see them. Well, so, I'm interested in your perspective as a, um, someone in the water conservationist um, field. Like uh-huh. what, like where else in this country like are are we having that problem obviously it's it's here in LA that's that it's a big deal but is it something that you know i don't think about a lot when like when i went to new york right you know it was raining right. you know, a couple times i was there so right. it's not top of mind but just because something is not top of mind doesn't necessarily right. mean it's not a problem that is exactly right and that's and that's kind of the problem with climate change in general and and the problem with climate change is that it's it's kind of slow until it's not until the drought hits, until there's a Hurricane Sandy, until, um, you know, sea levels rise and, and until some islands start getting inundated and low-lying areas. And I I always try to, you know, I, I try not to do it too much, but I'm always thinking in the back of my mind that that the, the zombie apocalypse is sort of um, a parable um, for... Um, for climate change and for, you know, the slow monster that's kind of creeping up on us of, you know, the, the world is going to have to adapt and we're going to have to get used to some climate change in the world probably faster than we think. And it's, and I'm in, I happen to be in an industry where that's a thing and I get it all the time. So I understand that, that not, Everybody has my perspective. I'm, you know, water conservation. We've had a, we've been grappling in the West with a giant drought. And I don't know, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty about what's going to happen this winter. And it scares the crap out of me. I, I even say, you know, the, um, game of, in Game of Thrones, the, the winter is coming and the White Walkers, that's all a fantastic parallel to, to climate change. That's yeah. the real threat. While everyone is down in the South kind of, you know, trying to get the Iron Throne, the real threat is coming from the North. And it's wow. coming. And you people, while you're all grappling with all this other stuff, the big threat is coming. And it scares me. And it... um. I have a lot of faith in humanity and I have a lot of faith in technology and I believe that we will be able to adapt. We'll have to adapt. But I also think that we're going to have to pay a giant price and, um, and that's going to be, uh, there's going to be a lot of, of you know, we're, there's going to be a lot of growing pains, but I'm essentially an optimistic person and I really think that we'll be able to make it through somehow, some way. It, but it's going to be ugly. Yeah. There's just no other way to say it. Well, it's interesting the perspective you have because a lot of times people talk about the topic, but they don't have the context with which to make like those proclamations, mm-hmm. right? Because they're just like, oh, I just read an article online. Yeah. Or, you know, the, you know, the, the latest ver- paper did a story on it. So now th- those are my talking points. And obviously talking points are used by both sides so, yeah. and to the, to allow them to make the point that they need to make for their benefit. But I think you're, you're in a special place. You know, you've, you've got a, you know, the catbird seat 
so to speak. And yeah. And so you can when you speak, I I, I would think that your your word and, and your words and your advice tend to carry a bit more weight. And and I I I get it all the time. So I feel like, oh, maybe it's just maybe it's just that I, you know, I'm around it all the time. The drought, the drought, the drought. And the last four years, going on five years, have been a sprint at work, not a not a marathon, a sprint. And that's a long flipping sprint. What, what, what's, <laughs> really the, what's the sprint for? The sprint is because my job used to be mellow. Mm. Maybe not mellow, but you know, it was it was busy, but it was not like the last. It's not like since the drought hit. Since the drought hit, um, my entire world at work changed, and we are running around constantly like headless chickens, trying to keep up with it. Huh. Yeah, because you know, re- reservoirs are are you know emptying. Um, we're we are. We are definitely in crisis mode. We've been in crisis mode at at our water district for for years, and it's it, it's a big deal. Even if Donald Trump says we're not in a drought, we are in fact in a drought. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a whole nother podcast episode. <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> um, I'm one. What happens is because we always say, you know, we're in a drought. We're in a drought. When it first happens and it first hits, you know, people react accordingly but as the years go by i would imagine people start to get uh immune to the warnings and they just get conditioned that this is their way of life so if that's the way of life then let me just go back to my normal way of life and not be concerned about conserving in some strange way yeah they get drought fatigue but we're hoping that by now the habits have stuck and so that the new normal is you're going to be more careful about maybe, maybe, maybe instead of planting grass, you're planting natives. Yeah. Maybe instead of having the really high flush toilets, you go to the low flow toilets or, you know, on washing the full loads of laundry, blah, 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 blah. So maybe that's now the new normal and the habits have stuck because we've been in it long enough and you've had to hear me blah, blah, blah <laughs> about it all. So, and, and, and the nice thing is that we back up a lot of our things with rebates. So I've been, you know, part of my job is to give away money oh, cool. and that's, that's not too shabby, right? What's the it's latest, nice. what's the latest rebate offer? Well, uh, I do these really big rebates for companies that make big, big equipment changes. Yeah. And, um, we give rebates up to and including $50,000. So that's a big stinking rebate. And I just did a rebate the other day for around $10,000. So that's not too shabby. So if you're a business owner in California, then, uh, and, and mm, Santa Clara County, <laughs> Santa Clara but County. close. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like. The whole state. <laughs> <laughs> My phone starts ringing, Harry. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep you busy. <laughs> Thanks. So um, we'll wrap up here. We, we've been chatting for about an hour now. Yeah, nice. we? Oh, it's like just two minutes. You're a delight to talk to you, Harry. Oh, thank you. Um, do you ever think about... Uh, this is a like a, a heavy like a big term but like legacy like in terms of like all the things you've done and you know what you went to school for versus where you ended up and, and now that you're working with water conservation i always like to kind of just throw the question out there in, in terms of like like if you saw your life in, ter- in like an arc um what you think you'd have left to do oh that's a fabulous question um I'm not one of these people who dwells on 
things like I, I was thinking today, I was reading a, a New York Times article um, about the guy who's the creator of BoJack Horseman. And he was talking about how he's never satisfied and he's, you know, always trying to, to, you know, get the gold ring. And then once he has the gold ring, he doesn't want the gold ring. And I was thinking, wow, that's just not me. I didn't think I would have anything like what I have. I didn't think I would have a job that I loved. I could never dream that I'd have. Yeah. I thought, you know, I'm just going to be some drone in an office. I never thought I'd have a job that I adore. I never thought I'd have a husband that is as fabulous as David. And I never thought that I'd live in a house that I love in an area that I, I mean, honestly, my, I, I had such low expectations of my own existence. (laughs) That's one way to do it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The bar was set really low that, that, you know, the, what I've got is exceeded what I wanted because I didn't want much. So I'm super content. So, in terms of legacy and what I still have left to do, I just hope that I can make, you know, every moment count and and love fiercely and live honestly and, you know, and spread joy when I can. Nice. I think it's as best as you can do, man. Love fiercely and live honestly. I like that a lot. Good. <laughs> Top of my head, man. <laughs> That's that was pretty good top of your head stuff there. Um, what do you? What's the one most misunderstood thing about you? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I think people think that. Um, I don't know. Actually, what are they? I what's misunderstood about me? Um, maybe people think that that. I'm always walking around all sunshine and lollipops. And, you know, oftentimes uh, it's just, you know, it's, you know, I'm working hard and sometimes I'm just, you know, laying on the couch, you know, eating corn chips with the cat. I mean, I guess I'm sort of happy when I do that too. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm so much of me is, you know, on, I don't leave a lot to the imagination i really don't i reveal so much about me so there's not a lot to misunderstand pretty well, much what you see is what you get i think uh for people that you know especially from since we're talking about podcasts and the fact that the the the, the medium is so intimate um i think people get a, a picture of you but from your voice and from your just enthusiasm and you're just like joy de vivre if that's another french phrase i'm gonna screw up after like right. that's good no, you did it right <laughs> and so like i imagine like people think you're one way just because of your just enthusiasm and, and you know, your, 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 your just joy of life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's, it's pretty true. Uh, wh- when they, when they see me being happy when I podcast, it's cause I'm happy when I podcast. Yeah. <laughs> cause that. I love it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. What's uh, something you've changed your mind about recently? Oh, that's another fantastic question. Oh, I used to be, much I've decided after watching a presidential um one of the party um uh conventions I won't say which one but I watched I watched them both actually but I decided after watching somebody at one of the presidential uh conventions one of the party conventions that and they said you know being optimistic is kind of a choice 
and having a having an optimistic worldview. And I've been pretty pessimistic about the world lately. And there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Unrest and, oh, yeah. you know, climate change, blah, blah, blah. So I, you know, I've decided I'm actually going to make a, I'm, I'm going to change my mind about that. I'm going to make a concerted effort to be more optimistic and it's paid off already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I've already decided that, um, you know, based on the evidence that things are going to be okay. So that's an important mindset because we do have control over our reaction, uh, to the things that are happening in this world. And a lot of times, if we change our reaction to them, it just ha- helps us to deal with them better. And I yes. think either way, they're going to work itself, they're going to work themselves out the way they are anyway. It's like when, right. you're, when you're cold, like if, if you're not, it's unless you're super cold or California cold, which is like 50s, as opposed to <laughs> yeah. having been in Massachusetts, you're like, uh, no, that's cold. <laughs> that's cold. <laughs> and, it's a mind, and it's a mindset, right? If right. You know, someone from Massachusetts come here in 50 degrees, they're like, no, it's not cold. And it's the same, like... Temperature. Yeah, same temperature. Right. But it's two different uh, human beings ex- deciding to experience it in different ways. And I think that's something that, what you're alluding to. I like it. I like it, Harry. That's a great note to end on. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, spending uh, Tuesday evening. here. On it was <laughs> so fun. Thank you so much for talking with me. I loved it. It was great. And so what's the best place for folks to track you down online? Come to our uh, uh, the Walking Dead cast. You oh. can find us on all the usual places, but that's <laughs> that's usually where I'm hanging out at. <laughs> or podcastica.com. Yeah, podcastica.com or the Walking yeah. Dead cast on Facebook, and you got a pretty active uh, fans on Facebook as well. So yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, chime in, people. If you've heard this, let me know, and I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again, and uh, have a great night. Thanks you too, Harry. Take care. I'm back, and I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Karen. It's so interesting to have conversations with people who have had this long-running podcast and have built up this incredible fan base and have really talked about how this idea of family builds up over time. I mean, seven seasons of Walking Dead. Th- that last episode of the last season was really i mean i was squirming and i think it was i realized that i had built up a connection to the characters in the show after watching six seasons of it and and that's what happens with podcasters as well you start to listen to them enough and you just develop a connection to them and they really start to feel like your podcasting family. So it's always nice. I imagine these live events, they get to connect with them and see them in person and take amazing pictures. So what do you want to talk about? How about the fact that we're a member of Podcastica? And since we're having a conversation with Karen, whose co-host is Jason, who started Podcastica, I think that's an amazing segue. Intro and outro music provided by Cedar and Soil, a.k.a. George Aviana, cedarsoil.com. This episode is brought to you by PodFunnel. I was really interested in how many one-man shops there are out there when it comes to podcasting. You meet them all at Podcast Movement, and everyone is just struggling with ways on which they can promote their show and get it out there. Almost everyone has a regular job in addition to podcasting. So what I tried to do is make people's lives easier. Hopefully, it's a tool that'll help you get to the dinner table. 
a bit sooner than you do now because you're struggling to get an episode out and get it promoted and get it pushed out to a couple of different channels like maybe like SoundCloud and YouTube and get it scheduled out on Twitter. And those are the things that PodFunnel can help with. And I'm taking in uh, beta testers right now, aka PodFunnel Pioneers. It'll be one price for the lifetime of the tool. So head on over to podfunnel.com. You can uh, log in there. No special link as of right now because um, it's just a one-off conversation with me personally. And uh, we'll see if it's a fit for you. And if you're interested, I'd love to have you on board. So uh, this week's uh, retention hashtag is going to be Walking Karen. So in honor of Walking Dead, hashtag Walking Karen. And you can connect with her. Her Twitter is actually Jason and Karen. They've created a, a Twitter handle just for the show, at Jason and Karen. Uh, J A and is spelled out, so it's J A S O N A N D C A R E N. Tag her slash them and tag me podcast underscore junkies. Let us know you made it this far. It's always fun to have those conversations. And if you caught last week's episode, you'll know that I'm actively looking out for speak pipe comments because I'm going to start to play them in the show. I think it's a lot of fun. It's a nice way for me to start to engage with uh, people in the show. That's the alarm on my iPhone telling me it's time to call my parents. Do you know that I actually put an alarm in there <laughs> once a week? Uh, I don't know if that's TMI, but uh, if, if I think if I don't schedule it, I forget it. So that was an interesting digression. But yeah, call your parents. That's probably something you should do too. So speak pipe and then call your parents. Call your mom, call your dad. They probably probably miss you. And if you spoke to your parents before you, you you went to SpeakPipe, then you can tell me about how you spoke to your parents and uh, that ended up being a great conversation. So you never know how these <laughs> episodes will end. Uh, always a fun, fun, fun journey for me and hopefully for you. Stay tuned next week. We have a conversation with Mr. Jonathan Oakes, another uh, result of my visit to Podcast Movement in Chicago, host of Trivial Warfare. You're not going to believe where that conversation went. I'm telling you. Uh, don't be fooled by the type of podcast that he's a host of. We went somewhere completely different. Exciting. Stay tuned for that and have a fantastic week as always. 